Hi, my name's Sam Wolfson. I'm the executive editor at Vice UK, and you're about to hear some things we recorded recently at the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club as part of the Vice Roadshow. <coughs> going so well. How would I describe the Vice Roadshow? Well, I guess it's sort of a thing that we did. It's quite hard to say what it is. It's sort of like the Royal Variety Show, but full of hipsters. And it was weird and funny and good, and everyone kind of let their hair down and got drunk, and it was a great vibe, and you're going to hear a couple of recordings of that now. You hear me? Yeah. Okay. So today we're going to hear from Jack Barry. He's a stand-up comedian, just had a very successful run in Edinburgh with this show that he's done about drugs. He's a user himself and he talks about his own experiences with uh, weed and, and ecstasy, as well as a very weird time that he was uh, working with a kind of drug squad in Germany as a work experience. And if anyone doesn't have a beer, feel free to come and grab one from the fridge. Oh, and thanks to Old Blue Last Beer who put on the event with us. Okay, great, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, I'm here to talk to you about drugs, as they said. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, and this year I did, a, I did an Edinburgh show all about why we should legalise all the drugs. Uh, I'll tell you how I sort of got into it, uh, the drugs. Uh, basically, I used to be really, really anti-drugs, and uh, then I did work experience when I was about 17, and then I became super-duper pro legalising all the drugs. Because uh, what happened was... I, um, when, I was doing my, when I was 17, I was doing my German A-level, we had to go to Germany and do work experience for, like, in Germany. Any kind of work experience. And when we were supposed to decide what we wanted to do, I panicked and forgot that we were supposed to think in advance about what we were supposed to do. So when my teacher asked me what we wanted to do, I just said the first thing that came to my head, which was police. And for some reason, I was genuinely allowed to go and work for the police in Germany as uh, on the vice squad. And I thought I'd just be like in the office doing like the photocopying or something like that. No, I was heavily involved uh, in like, like they took me on a drugs raid, a full drugs raid on my first day. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever done work experience in Germany before. It, there's no health and safety rules. Um, what happened was, uh, they took me on a drugs raid on my first day. I didn't really speak any German because it was my first day. So I didn't understand what we were supposed to be doing. They just said to me, OK, Jack, we're going to go do some drugs raids now. I understood that as being, OK, Jack, we're going to go get some food now. And then blah, 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 blah. And I was like, great, let's go. So it was me and ten policemen. We piled into a van, drove to a, a flat on the outskirts of uh, Augsburg in Germany. Uh, they were all wearing, like, bulletproof vests and had guns. I was wearing a fleece uh, because I was a teenager in no rush to lose my virginity. Uh, I was holding on to that thing for dear life. <laughs> I was wearing my sex-proof vest to say I got myself out of many jams. I'm wearing a fleece right now, I've just realised as I'm saying this. Things don't change. And uh, what happened was the only safety precaution they took when I was doing this drugs raid for the German police was that I should stand at the back of the line of police as we raided the flat. But what happened was, as we ran up the flights of stairs to get to the flat that we were supposed to raid, the guy at the front of the line got to the flat that we were going to raid and then went, oh, shit, we've gone up one too many flights of stairs. It's actually one floor down. So now I was at the front of the line of police. 
very much leading the charge on my first day of work experience. I was the first one at the door. Uh, we kicked down the door. I just had to, we, they ran in screaming Pollitt's eye. I just had to amble along behind them with my hands in my pockets. Like, yeah, cool. What are we looking for, guys? And um, I had to help the, this is all true, 17 years old, help the German police search this flat for drugs. They uh, found a huge stash of heroin. I found a massive stack of hardcore pornography because uh, I was a teenager. We're like sniffer dogs for hardcore pornography. <laughs> That's what I've been trained for. And uh, they did tell me I was allowed to keep the pornography, but I didn't want to have to explain it to customs on my way home. <laughs> so I said no. I was like, oh, the police gave this to me. <laughs> That's a good boy for being a good boy on the drugs raid. <laughs> I'm doing work experience, guys. Okay, yeah, sure. And this stack of fleeces? No, those are mine. <laughs> and so anyway, since then, I've sort of decided that I think we should uh, legalise all the drugs. And I, I'm a big proponent of this. I'm sure most of the people in this room agree with me. Uh, I mean, one of the main reasons I think we should legalise all the drugs is because we could tax drugs and make a shitload of money out of it. I don't, I, this is why I don't realise why, like, why more people aren't getting on board with it. Because we're very divided in this country at the moment, aren't we? thanks to the election and Brexit and things like that. But one thing we all agree on, I think, is that we all need more money, don't we? We can agree on that, yeah? We just disagree on where the money should come from. So like, do we cut public spending or do we tax the rich and corporations? All I'm saying is drug dealers seem to have a lot of money. Why don't we take some of theirs? They're not contributing anything, are they? People are already spending the money and buying the drugs. We're just saying no to the free taxes. And as a drug user, I'd like to see my money go towards something more useful, please. You know, every time I smoke a joint, I think, that could build a hospital. <laughs> I'll do a line, and I think, that could be a school. I'll do an ecstasy pill, and I think, God, I love this song. <laughs> What's it called? Eight Hours of Techno? Great. <laughs> now I understand techno music. It's making sense to me. I've done a lot of research for this, because... Most of it through vice, if I'm honest. But, you know, like, there's interesting things. Like, in, in states in the US where they've legalised marijuana, like, drug, even drink driving deaths have gone down by, like, 25% in some places, which, you know, I think just because you're too high to take any risks. <laughs> I think, I think that's, that's why. And I'm obviously not endorsing driving high or driving drunk, um, but I did once drive under the influence of both of those things. And so I feel like it qualifies me to talk about this at least a little bit. I'll explain what happened. <laughs> Basically, when I, I was a really stupid teenager, and I'm sure most of you were as well, and uh, basically one night I went to a party at my friend's house, and I thought I was staying the night, so I had a couple of beers, but then I found out I couldn't stay the night, and I had to drive home. So in my brain, I was like, oh, no. You should never drink and drive. That is naughty. But I need to get home. So in my stupid teenage brain, I thought, I know, I'll have a spliff. And that'll sort of take the edge off. Okay? It wasn't, it wasn't my best idea, but it was all I had. But, you know, a few hours later, I was driving down the dual carriageway on my way home. And I was flying along, because I wanted to get home quickly. And I was like, I better keep an eye out for the police, because I'm going really fast. Like, ridiculously fast. Like, I think I'm about to break the sound barrier. I'm going so fucking fast. I looked at the speedo. I was doing 12 miles an hour. <laughs> down a two-lane highway. <laughs> And I was like, the police are going to arrest me, but we're going too slowly. So I put my foot down to 20 miles an hour. I felt like the skin was going to melt off my face. 
You're going far too fast. When I say I had a couple of beers and then I drove the car, I had two bottles of beer, which I've since found out doesn't even take you over the drink drive limit. So I just got high needlessly, basically. But you know, we live in London. You... This is a weird room, I'm not gonna lie. I was so freezing cold before I came on stage. My, uh, I feel like I'm just about getting going now. And my balls have shriveled to nothing. I've never been so nervous in all my life before doing a gig. I'm gonna put my foot here so I feel a bit more chilled, okay? Just relaxing into the whole thing. I'm a big fan of a guy called David Nutt, who I'm sure most of you guys have heard of. You guys heard of him? Yeah? He was a drugs, he was a... Someone said, who? Good. Question, call and response, that's what we want. He was a drug, he's a professor, he's a drugs policy advisor for the government a few years ago. And basically they sacked him because he pointed out that taking ecstasy is safer than horse riding. Okay, which is true. Like, if, statistically, like, proportionally even, horses kill more people every year than ecstasy does. But the government were like, oh, you can't say that. And they sacked him because they weren't ready for the truth. Uh, and yeah, he wasn't trying to say that we should ban horse riding or anything like that. He's just pointing out that we, as a society, tolerate things that are way more dangerous than illegal drugs, but we don't think anything about it. I disagree. I think we should ban horse riding. Uh, and I think we should legalise all the drugs. <laughs> Mainly because then that would mean drug dealers would have to sell horse riding instead. And that's something I really want to see. <laughs> just a load of men hanging out in the park like, hey man, you want to ride this horse? <laughs> It's good quality shit. <laughs> for a tenner, you can stroke him, but for 50 quid, you can canter around this clearing. <laughs> oh, it's the cops, run, Black Beauty, get out of here. <laughs> you know, legal highs are just be people on wooden rocking horses. <laughs> it's the world I want to live in. <laughs> we don't live in that world. <laughs> we live in a world where horses are legal and drugs are illegal, if you can believe that. <sighs> Shocks me too. So I've been doing this show trying to talk about legalising drugs and it's hard like trying to get people to talk about legalising drugs, especially as if you're a stoner like I am, because I've re realised like, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the, you know, the stereotypes, one of the, one of the, you okay there, sir? Okay, cool. <laughs> He's just walking towards me doing up his belt and I was worried. <laughs> I didn't know which way that belt was going. Uh, and I panicked. <laughs> Gotta be alert, guys. It's, it's the climate that we live in now. I... <laughs> We're all woke bays. It's good to be a woke bay. But I'm a stoner woke bay, as I say. The problem with being a stoner is that is like smoking weed does make you really paranoid. And it's like one of the things that people know about it. And so I find a lot of the arguments that you make for legalising weed just make you sound really paranoid. <laughs> So you try and make all these arguments like, oh, you know, m you know, like medical companies, pharmaceutical companies, they lobby against medicinal marijuana because it's better than the drugs they sell. And people are like, you sound crazy paranoid, Jack. And I'm like, well, yeah, I am. But I'm also correct. Like, you can be paranoid and correct, guys. You know, I, I, like, smoking weed and trying to argue for legalisation, I've realised it's a bit like trying to get everyone to become a vegetarian when your girlfriend is an actual cow. <laughs> you can make all kinds of great arguments like, you know, eating meat is bad for the environment. And people are like, we're not going to take you seriously until you stop fucking that cow, Jack. <laughs> you got a vested interest here and we ain't buying it. 
Take your dick out of Ermintrude and get a fucking job. <laughs> Stuff. You got all these stereotypes about people who smoke weed, which I think are unfair. You know, people like to say to me stuff like, oh, you know, you smoke weed, you must be lazy. And I'm like, well, I'm here, aren't I? You know, I'm in the same place as you are, so you can stand there calling me lazy. And they're like, yeah, but we're at your house, Jack. And I'm like, yeah, well, I invited you round, didn't I? That was pretty proactive. And they're like, well, I just came round to deliver this pizza you ordered. <laughs> well, yeah, you took your bloody time, didn't you? And also, no one said anything about you being lazy. Oh, great, so I'm being paranoid again, am I? And also, <laughs> I don't exist. Oh, great, so it's just a classic Friday night at Jack's house. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think we should legalise all the drugs, because drugs can save lives, guys. That's the thing that people don't realise. In the spirit of uh, being a woke bay and talking about sexual assault, I've got a story. Um, it's, it's quite a serious story, but I think it, it, it tells you why uh, drugs can, they can save lives. A few nights ago, I was out in, in, on a night out in London, and I was walking down the street, and basically I was really high. And I saw on the other side of the street a man accosting a woman. He was, like, grabbing her and trying to drag her down a back alley. And there's not a way to make that funny. It was a very serious thing. But because I'm a very conscientious dude, I went over to intervene. I was high. So uh, I walked over the street, and I marched up to him, and I went, uh, no. You can't do that. And I broke his arm off. And, um, yeah, sorry, off her. <laughs> Not, he wasn't like, he wasn't a crab. <laughs> and the weed gave me super strength, and I went, yeah! <laughs> Threw his arm, no, I broke the arm off her. But because he was really drunk, he immediately started getting really intimidating. He was like screaming in my face and was like, oh, who the fuck do you think you are? I'm gonna fuck you up. You think you're fucking bad? But because I was really high, my only reaction to him screaming in my face was to go... <laughs> like my mind was elsewhere. <laughs> I was already thinking about what I was going to eat when I got home. <laughs> so after a while of him screaming in my face and me not reacting at all, he obviously thought, oh, this guy's a fucking maniac. <laughs> like, I'm giving him everything I've got. He's not even flinching. <laughs> So after a while of him screaming at me, he just got scared and ran away and left me alone. And like, all the weed had done is slow my reactions down by about two minutes. Like, if he'd stuck around for another minute, he would have seen me go, no! <laughs> well, luckily, the weed brought me just enough time that I was able to walk the guy home in safety. So weed saves lives, guys. Let's get it legalised. Anyway, thanks, guys. Happy Jack Barry. So to finish off, uh, this is how the night actually ended with Pussy Riot doing their Riot Day show. Unfortunately, you're not going to get the English subtitles which explain what's going on, but I think you can get a sense of the vibe.
фильма революции. Призывать к революции нужно с большого экрана. Мы объехали за неделю 20 студий. Одинаковые офисы, белоснежные улыбки. Мы хотим сделать фильм о революции. О какой такой революции? О русской революции. Какая же у вас революция 1917 года? Нет, а той, которая сейчас. Но сейчас у вас нет революции. Неужели нет? Белоснежные улыбки, поджарые тела. Утром побегал в кроссовках. Вашу историю мы купим, если вы ее продаете. А как же революция? 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 Третий президентский срок. Волшебная зима 11 -го года. Снежная революция. Внезапная вера в возможность перемен. Мы выходили на площадь. Мы носили белые ленты. Судимо маленький серый чекист Путин и игрушечный Медведев решили обменяться местами премьер-министра и президента России. Сфальсифицировали выборы в Госдуму. Мы верим в то, что Путин, если его сильно уколоть булавкой в зад, Подскочит со своего президентского кресла и подскочит к черту. Надутые ботоксом щеки запрыгают на горизонте и закатятся в пыльную угол истории. Каждый может быть пусирайш! Я жила у Васильки, мы любили одних героев. Я решила сделать революционную футболку. Посмотрите, какую футболку я сделала. Девушки страстно резали вязаные цветные шапки. Готовилась первая крупная демонстрация у стен Кремля. Мы вышли на площадь революции. Вы нас даже не представляете! В январе мы стали репетировать на старом заводе. Нужно репетировать месяц, на месте все решают секунды. Пройти до зала, подпрыгнуть, развернуть лестницу, заорать песню. 30-40 раз подряд. Готовься, прыгай! А снег белым, холодном месте костили людей. Цари здесь читали указы, объявляли войну. В 68-м сюда вышло 8 президентов протестовать против подоводчика Словакию. За нашу и вашу свободу! Власть ответила интервой. Нам было 8 как тех президентов 68-м, кто из нас сказал. А давайте у нас будет хуй, и мы будем его вставлять. Как вы решили жечь плакат, на котором Путин целует Каддафи? Поджигать
театральным училищем. Мы назвали ненастоящие имена. Берем базу нарушителей правил дорожного движения, копируем имена, сверяем возраст, распределяем между собой дан. У всех сработало, кроме меня. У полиции оказалась копия моего паспорта с настоящим адресом. Я не была революционером. Если это спектакль, то при чем тут Каддафи? Решили распечатать Каддафи! Стоишь на камне и кажется, вот-вот упадешь. Но падать нельзя, потому что второго раза не будет. Мы, пусирает, вышли на площадь желанием другой истории. Потому что та, в которой президент превращался в императора, нас не устраивала. Нас тошнило от лжи. От несменяемой картинки в телевизоре, бесконечного сюжета про долгую счастливую жизнь, за которой в реальности не было ничего. Долгая счастливая жизнь. Бунт, срыв. Это всегда красота. Вот почему я заинтересовалась. Если ты на первых листах тетрадки записываешь уроки, а с конца рисуешь граффити, рано или поздно наступает момент, когда в середине они встречаются. И получается другая история. чекисты, поэтому так влюблены друг в друга. Уважаемый Владимир Владимирович, спасибо, Ваше Святейшество. В Конституции написано, что Россия — светское государство. Государство и церковь отделены друг от друга. Но эти двое не хотят, чтобы в России часто вспоминали о Конституции. Второе пришествие, третий срок. Путин готовится к третьему сроку. Патриарх рассекает на яхте за 680 тысяч долларов. Силовые структуры, партия власти и церковь, слуги государевы. Вам не добиться в России успеха, если вы не подключены к этой системе ценностей. Но можно изменить систему. Изменить систему. Кухня превратилась в шкаф. По телефону никогда не говорили адресов. Еле что Бог пошлет. Чаще всего он посылал макароны. После встречи патриарха и Путина стало ясно, что патриарх решил использовать церковь для утверждения внеземной роли президента. Последние 12 лет их теплых отношений святейший назвал чудо. чудом. Чудом. И отправился позировать в своем храме с олимпийской сборной. Поймав тренд, путинская элита начала показательно проявлять духовность. пропускам в храм попадали чиновники и прочее. Да. Храм перестал быть тем местом, где все равны. Здание храма владеет не церковь, а фон храма. Совете попечителей фонда, министр МВД, главный российский мент колокольцев. И охраняет храм охранное предприятие «Колокол». Церковная служба 50 баксов, корпоративный банкет 970 баксов, мойка машины 100 баксов, услуги прачечной 160 баксов. Храм прачечная, храм платит налоги, торгуют элитами ящами из фарфора и копиями немецких орденов на заказ. Можно заказать копию ордена за 500 баксов, можно заказать копию храма. Орден за 500 баксов. Туда почти летел Петя. Вы понимаете, что будет? А что будет? Ненависть. Закрой дверь с другой стороны. Мы решили, что это площадка. Богородица Путина прогони.
going so well. So there you go. Thanks very much to Zing and Fred for hosting and to Old Blue Last Beer for supporting. This was produced by Sam Bonham. See you next time.